Creative Babble. Yeah, you can certainly record, yeah. So what I'm going to do is now that I'm recording, but you were going to ask me a couple questions. What what were they? Well, I mean, this is not what this is about, but is there any compensation involved? This is John. John reached out to me because he says that his wife is a puppet master. After I explained to John that I don't pay for interviews and never have, never will, he told me about a story that made national news. It was about his ex-wife, Beth Green. She worked for the state of Georgia for 20-something years in various positions. And she, you know, the last few years, she was with the lieutenant governor. This story takes place back in 2021. There were a few things happening around that time, so chances are that you missed it. Beth Green, who worked as the director of operations for the lieutenant governor of Georgia, was arrested and charged with impersonating her boss. She's accused of sending emails from Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan's official government account to get information about her divorce with her husband, John. The warrant for her arrest doesn't really explain why she impersonated the Lieutenant Governor, and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation has yet to return my request for the case files. But now her ex-husband, John, reached out to me, and it turns out that impersonating the Lieutenant Governor was just the tip of the iceberg. You're not going to believe this epic mind f- I'm Javier Leva, and this is Pretend. Stories about real people pretending to be someone else. Picture this, a foggy evening, the whisper of secrets in the air, and an invitation to step back into the glamorous and mysterious 1920s. That's the backdrop of June's Journey, the game that's been keeping me glued to my phone lately. Instead of doom scrolling on social media, I am actually playing the part of June Parker, a daring detective with a personal mission to solve her sister's murder. And let me tell you, it is a roller coaster of emotions and puzzles. What's to love? Well, first of all, the thrill of hunting for hidden objects. I'm a sucker for these kinds of games. It's kind of like those books that we grew up with, but with a storyline that keeps thickening. Plus, the game takes place in New York to Paris, uncovering clues of scandalous family secrets that make you feel like a real detective. If you're ready for a dose of mystery, romance, and the glamour of the 1920s, June's Journey is waiting for you. Download it for free on iOS and Android, and let's see who cracks the case first. Yeah, to, essentially, she was like his right hand person, like scheduler, you know, administrative assistant, you know, pretty, pretty high up, at least. That's- this is John again, Elizabeth Green's ex husband. John is not his real name. I just changed it for privacy reasons. He's about to get into some pretty scandalous details about his marriage. But remember, this is only John's side of the story. I want to be clear. I'm not perfect in any any means i have not done anything legally wrong you know morally in my marriage you know things 
didn't go well. So I don't want to imply that I'm some saint that never did wrong in any way. In retrospect, looking back on it, it's like, Jesus, you know, it was obvious you were, you were getting absolutely played. But when you're in the moment, you, you just don't, you don't know, you know. John tells me that his life was just spinning out of control, but he couldn't explain why. Little did he know that his wife could be the reason behind all of this. Let's take a step back and describe these people. For the last 25 years, John has taught and coached basketball in Georgia, and his wife Beth is basically just a government bureaucrat. Together, they owned a home, they had a three-year-old son. Other than her high-profile job, they lived a seemingly normal life. But 2002, I, I had an affair in my marriage. I left home. I was ready to leave. You know, just, you know, just one of those things that happens. John says that he and Beth were separated for about six weeks. Then things got weird. In talking to my wife at the time, things came up like she was being followed in the car. Things like there was a car parked out in front of her house at odd hours. Beth claims that she was being stalked by the woman having an affair with John. Her mother and my young son were stalked at Walmart, all uh, supposedly by the other woman. I kind of took those things and I cut ties with the other woman. And, you know, eventually my wife and I got back together and we reconciled and and had our second child soon after that. Did you ever ask the other woman if she was doing any of these no. things? No, I totally cut ties with her, totally cut ties, had no communication with her whatsoever. And how long did that affair go on? A few months, you know, a few, few months, nothing too long. Not proud of it. I've dealt with a lot of guilt because of it. And uh, yeah, we had our second child. Life started moving on. Every now and then I would get an email from this other woman reminding me of what I had done. Her her e- email had her son's name in it. This is the other woman. And and uh, so I automatically believed it was her. So about for years, I would get a yearly email reminding me of what I had done. Things like, do you remember where you were on this night? Fast forward, we still don't have a good marriage. I mean, there's there's ups and downs. There are good times as a family. My kids are amazing. We're both good parents, I, I believe. You know, we're taking care of our kids. But essentially, around 2015, 16, maybe even before that, we basically just become roommates, okay? Uh, separate bedrooms, no physical touch whatsoever and in in my mind i know looking back on it i essentially gave up on the marriage summer of 2018 i you know in in you know i don't know how to say it i made contact with another woman completely new woman through an online chat board Okay. This other woman and I, you know, it was an adult chat kind of deal. Started out inappropriate. And basically, we shared pictures and videos back and forth that were inappropriate. 
that lasted for about three weeks where we were doing that. And, and then it got to the point where I didn't want to do that anymore because I really wasn't um, attracted to that woman. And we became friends, did not meet, never met, but talked quite a bit. So I talked to that woman for almost a year, obviously on the down low. Um, and it really, truly was a, a friendship. Like I didn't needed someone to talk to and we talked. Okay. I was married with kids and a wife that was, was just not around. And, and anyway, I believe in the spring of 2019, uh, I was out fishing and this is kind of the day where shit hit the fan in my life. I was out fishing on a kayak and I dropped my phone in the lake. 12 feet down, there was no chance I was ever going to get it. Um, my phone was my, you know, my main source of talking to this other woman who was a friend at the time. Uh, and then I got home and I emailed this woman. Uh, hey, I've lost my phone. It's probably going to be a few days before I can talk to you again. The next morning, uh, I'm in bed and my wife comes in the room and basically confronts me. And tells me that she received an email from this other woman saying that her and I had been having an, an online affair for over a year. And that I don't remember the exact words, but that I was planning to leave her and that I was having this affair. At the time, I thought I had a fatal attraction situation. You're familiar with the movie, right? Where the, where the lover kills the wife? The lover comes after the wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. Well, let me ask you something. Why? Why did you think that it was a fatal attraction situation? Because the the this woman that you've never met started contacting your wife just because you hadn't she hadn't heard from you in a couple of days. Yes. Yeah. I I felt like oh my god this you know I've made this mistake now this woman you know thought that we were more. And we really weren't more. We we did do our inappropriate stuff. I mean, it was definitely a you know pornographic, sexual for a short amount of time. And there was definitely an emotional component, right? Even if there yeah, was, it was def yeah. definitely an emotional affair, no doubt about that. Because you know we were relying on each other. We talked to each other. I think we talked every day for the longest time. So then <clears throat> those emails continue there to me there to her it's this woman just blasting me she just i mean uh, dozens upon dozens of emails saying what i had done you know just sexually. like that just like the last woman right so i got the emails my son got an email so he gets an email from this woman telling him how just terrible his dad is I get emails from her that are, are clearly, I would call them drunken emails. One of them claimed that she saved pictures and videos of me doing inappropriate things and had posted it on porn websites. Of course, that was pretty scary. Never found anything like that online of myself. She claimed that she had a sex addiction that she was addicted to pills and that she was going into rehab. And these are all things that I was believing, but looking back, they didn't add up because that wasn't the person that I was talking to for over a year. 
started to get some emails claiming uh, to have contacted the board members in my school system about me, telling them what I had done. I got one and basically it says, I've, I've contacted this board member. I see that you're friends with this person on Facebook and I've contacted this board member to let them know what a deviant sicko you are, you know, all because of this stuff that we did online. And then I get an uh, email from that board member essentially saying, uh, wow, I don't know what to do here. Ethically, I may be required to report this. And so now I'm in fear for my career. Yeah, I'm in fear for my reputation. Like I get called into my principal's office, my principal received an email from this other woman's friend detailing what we had done. At the time, he told me, don't worry. This is a private matter. We're going to move on from this. There's nothing There's nothing to worry about here. I continue to get those emails. To this day, I have PTSD from, from emails just blasting me, threatening my career. So... 2020 comes around, COVID hits, the emails continue. I know there's, it got to the point where I would get an email from this woman and I would delete it. I would ignore, you know, my hope was, it's almost like if I deleted it, it goes away and it didn't exist. These emails, by the way, were going to John's work email. He has since left that job, so he can't forward any of these emails to me. I get these emails. I would delete them. My wife would then hours later confront me saying, why didn't you tell me that you got that email? Because I got it too. Of course, you can BCC somebody in an email. So my assumption was, yes, she got it too. Then John says that he received anonymous emails implying that people from the community were outraged by John's behavior. I was a basketball coach, a girls basketball coach, varsity girls in a pretty tight-knit community, uh, was pretty successful, was doing well, and was well-known. So I, I started getting these anonymous emails, things that you're, you're a sicko, you're a deviant, you have no business working with these kids, and you know, you're, you're going to pay what you do in the dark, comes to light, just barrage, constant barrage. My coworkers start to get emails telling them what I had done. This this is where it gets, I guess, a little harder to to tell the story. But let's see here. December twenty one, my wife goes to work, and on the way to work, gets two flat tires. How did John find out about the flat tires? Well, he got an email from the lieutenant governor Jeff Duncan. Uh, I get an email from him talking about the two flat tires she had on the way to work and that he sent his security detail to pick her up on the highway. She was shaking. She was scared, but we got the tires fixed. No big deal. At this point, do you even know the Lieutenant governor? Do you know her boss? Have you ever met, met him before? Yeah, I've met him. I didn't think too much, obviously of, of getting an email from the Lieutenant governor. Cause they're kind of like, you know, it's not like a, huge deal but it is the state of georgia but anyway the next 
day or two, I come home from work and she says she found um, a handful, I can't remember her exact word, a bunch of screws in the driveway, implying that someone threw screws into the driveway and that's the reason that she got two flat tires on the way to work. So now I'm feeling like my family's under attack. The next day after that, I walk out to my truck and I have a screw taped to my window of my door of my truck. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So now I'm thinking this crazy woman that I had an online relationship with has thrown screws into my driveway to hurt my wife, has now sent a message to me by taping the screw to my my truck window. Okay, January of 2021 is the the election has just happened. Trump was defeated. The lieutenant governor is Republican. And if you follow the news. I saw that he he was one of the first ones to reject Trump's claims of a stolen election. Okay. Where did you see that? I just read it. Here's some context. Jeff Duncan was the lieutenant governor of Georgia when former President Trump tried to overturn the election results in Georgia. Duncan, one of the state's most prominent Republicans, openly contradicted the former president, saying there was no election fraud in his state. Well, it turns out that speaking against Trump and being 100% correct was a bad political move on Duncan's part. He got so much heat from the election deniers that he decided not to run a second term. That's part of the story because we obviously at home now are pretty broken. She she wanted to stay married. I basically told her I don't want to do this anymore. I was hinting at divorce at the time. So when the lieutenant governor rejects Trump's claims, a lot of the hardcore right wing, whatever you want to call them, MAGAs, say that they're coming after you know like the people that came came after pence that's like in the height of january 6th and i mean tensions were high riots everywhere and yes so i get an email from the lieutenant governor telling me don't be alarmed scott but there have been some credible threats made against me the lieutenant governor and my staff and because of that, we're, we're putting surveillance on your home. Beth will have a undercover security with her at all times. You won't see them, but they'll be there. So I'm thinking, here I am, you know, contemplating, talking about divorce, talking about leaving. And now... My family is supposedly under threat, like legitimate threat. I buy a gun. My wife goes to supposedly goes to training with the lieutenant governor and their staff with guns. John says that he even saw pictures of his wife in the backyard. So he really believed he was under surveillance. February of 21. My wife comes into my school and tells me that she's been diagnosed with lung cancer. Oh my God. She has lung cancer. Is that what you said? Yes. That's, that's what like she tells me. Such a lethal cancer. Obviously, we're on the brink of divorce. 
and she's using these things to keep me around. I, I tell her, okay, let me go to your doctor's appointment with you. Like, oh, they, they were able to see me early. Just, just bullshit. She even FaceTimed me from the doctor's office. Started getting emails. I get an email from my cousin telling me we'd gone to a funeral and uh, of a family member. And my wife and I were kind of separate at that funeral. So I get an email from my cousin asking me what's going on between you two. I get emails from my brother saying the same thing. So I, it's one of her better friends. So I assume she knows about the lung cancer. She offers to drop off food. I come home late from basketball and guess what's there? There's food. Stay with us because after the break, John is going to start figuring things out. He's going to get emails from porn stars and so much craziness. But first, a word from today's sponsor. I received emails from CBS 46. Good morning. My name is Katie Bishop, and I'm a news producer here at CBS 46. The news station claimed that they had an email from John. I'm just going to read it. Uh, to an online porn star by the name of Twisted Trish, we are interested in pursuing the story. The producer said that this was a newsworthy story because of John's leadership in the school as a head coach of the ladies' basketball team. Such a juxtaposition with his apparent online activities. Would you care to comment? <laughs> I had had a, a, an email with a, a porn star, you know. Um, Is this true? Uh, yeah, that was true, yeah. That was true, yeah. March of 21, I leave home, and these things don't stop. I email, going to go back to the very first affair. I email the woman from the first affair, and I said, hey, I'd like to talk to you. And I want to ask her, did you do these things? Did you follow my wife? Did you stalk the, you know, my, her, the, the mother-in-law? Did you park out front of my house? I wanted to ask her because yeah. I've got a lot of questions in my head. She, I don't have it with me, but she responds. Her ex-husband responds and they basically go back and forth bashing me on these emails. Um, and I'm like, my bad. I shouldn't have contacted you. Just, I'll leave you alone. Did you meet this lady ever in real life? Okay. There's two ladies. Remember I know, this, but the, the first, first lady. lady, the first lady. The first lady from 2002? Yeah. And yeah, that's that who you just emailed? Yes. Okay. And the second lady you never met in real life? Correct. Right. To this did day. You ever, did you ever talk to her in real, like on the phone? Yes. yes. Really? Yes, there oh, was man. a real person. Huh. Yes. So I've left home. I moved in with a friend. I get an email from her lawyer, and it basically says, you know, we understand that you plan to divorce. Who is your attorney that will be representing you? I ignore it. A couple of weeks later, I get another one. Who is your attorney? While that's going on, um, I finally get pulled into the principal's office, literally in the principal's office. He tells me that he got an email from this porn actress. He tells me he got an email from CBS 46. He tells me he got an email from a former student claiming to have seen me on a pornographic website. 
And because of that, I'm no longer going to be the basketball coach. I basically got fired as a basketball coach. Well, you can still years. be a teacher, but not the basketball coach. Still be a teacher, but not a basketball coach. So I started looking around. I'm, I'm, I want to get out of that community because, remember, I feel like these anonymous people are are the community members coming after me. They're always all the anonymous emails say, we, you know, we are coming to get you. So I start looking around for jobs. I, I find a couple, I interview for one, interview for several, but I interview for this one job. Interview goes well. Um, the very next morning when I come into work, I have an anonymous email saying, don't worry, you're not going to get that job because we've reached out to that school and told them what you are. So I don't get that basketball job. I get an email back from that school saying we've decided to go in another direction. We decided to hire a female. You know. Meanwhile, while all of this was happening, John is trying to finalize his divorce. Obviously, things are bad between us, but I'm going through hell. Do I want to deal with a divorce attorney? Finally, I just go. I go find a divorce attorney. And I send that email to him. We're sitting at a table together, me and my divorce attorney. And he looks at that email and says that papers have been filed in the county superior court. It takes him about 10 seconds to search that in the county superior court. And first thing he says is, well, that's bullshit. They haven't filed anything. So me and my lawyer are like, you know, why would they lie about that? I mean, we don't understand. And, and I'm kind of I'm, I'm starting to slowly piece together all of this crap, but I'm not 100 percent sure yet. Basically, at this point, we figured out that she had faked emails from her lawyer to my lawyer. So she's the one that created the fake divorce papers. It was never her lawyer in the first place that was emailing us or emailing me. Like John said, he's starting to put the pieces together. And we all know what's coming, but he still had no idea. If the divorce was fake, what if all the emails from the lovers and the pissed off community members were fake too? Yes, according to John, Elizabeth Green, his ex-wife, has dedicated God knows how many years to mess with this guy. I get two emails, and this is where she started to make her mistakes. I get two emails, uh, one from a lady who signs her name. She says, basically, how dare you show your face in public, you piece of, you know, just, just blasting me, okay? And she signs her name. I've never heard that woman in my life. Um, the other one's from a guy that I do know. We're not friends, but we're acquaintances. So at this point, I get on Facebook and I look this woman up and I see that she's in our community. So I message her on Facebook and I say, her name is Christy. Um, just so you don't get confused. I, I message Christy on Facebook, not email. I message her on Facebook. And I said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about the things you said in your email. And naturally, what do you think she said? What email? What email are you talking about? Facebook Messenger saved my saved me because I knew then that I was talking to the actual person. Right. Because uh, otherwise, she would have to fabricate a whole Facebook profile. Yes. Yes. When I say that she talk about fabricating, she probably had to have a spreadsheet of usernames and, and emails and yeah. passwords. 
because we're talking 20 years maybe right well yeah definitely 20 years none of these people were real were absolutely they? yeah it was all her i had nothing to do with her arrest so right around the end of october she gets arrested i had nothing to do with that arrest to this day i don't know how or why she was arrested but the arrest was based on impersonating the lieutenant governor well i reached out to her and she's like what no. the hell are you talking about? <laughs> we never had that. Not only that, I never sent you food. Yet when I come home that night, there's a there's a a tray of food as if somebody sent it by. Just like the extra step she took. So she gets arrested. I don't know why she was arrested. And to this day, I don't know. I don't know what tipped them off other than my lawyer reaching out to her lawyer saying your client is sending false emails. That's the only thing I can figure. Every email I ever got from the lieutenant governor, I got emails from the lieutenant governor that said, good luck in the game tonight. Yeah. I, I mean, just things that didn't need to happen. Right. I got emails about the threats to my family, the flat tires. One of them was talking about you know, our potential for divorce and that he was praying for us and that him and his wife went through the same thing. So I printed all these out. I gave them to the GBI, George Bureau of Investigation. A couple months later, they call me. Um, I go and I sit down with a GBI detective. And he finally, he goes, I want to, I want to tell you one thing with a thousand percent certainty. The Lieutenant governor has never emailed you one time in his entire life. I'm like, are you shitting me? He's like, based on what you provided us, she will be arrested a second time. And this second arrest did not hit the news like the first arrest did. To my, to my knowledge, the second arrest never hit the news. So she gets arrested a second time and charged with the same things related to impersonating the lieutenant governor. Now, John says that everyone knows the truth, but at this point, he says the damage is done. Now, all of a sudden, I'm out of job. So I've moved, rented a house 10 minutes from the school I was going to be coaching at, and all of a sudden, I don't have a job because of fake mm -hmm. emails. It would have been the fresh start that I needed. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and through all this, I've done nothing legally wrong. I mean, you can fault me for, you know, the, the online stuff or, or the affairs and things like that. But legally, I've done nothing wrong. It has affected me in ways that I can't even, can't even describe. So this is a woman who, who didn't want to be left alone and a guy who was weak and scared and embarrassed. And she, she just fucked with me like ways that. Almost like a sport. You know, like she was just yeah. a friend of hers told me that she said, if he ever leaves me, I will drive him fucking insane. She was quoted as saying that. Wow. She very nearly did. Just in the last two months, I finally got the balls to reach out to the online woman and say, hey, can you talk? And I reached out to this woman and I said, did you? continue sending me emails and she's like what are you talking about you knew me you knew i wouldn't do those things she goes the day you sent me that email about 
your phone being lost was the last time I heard from you. Hmm. I said, yeah, I said, don't lie to me. She's like, I'm not lying to you. <laughs> I never sent any emails. So for the longest time, you know, I thought I had a crazy wife and I also thought I had a crazy stalker, but no, it's just a crazy fucking wife. So from the beginning of this thing to the end of this thing, there's probably 500 different emails and or text messages from people or anonymous people that she was behind. Even going back to the first affair. So I said that, you know, yearly I would get this email reminder. I did talk to that woman eventually. And she said, no, she goes, I haven't, I haven't used that email in 20 years. So my wife somehow took over that email. What I thought was the actual email. Somehow she hacked into it and was able to use it. So she used the real woman's email. Yes. Damn. You're probably wondering, how was Beth able to pull this off if what John is saying is true? Well, John says that Beth must have had access to his work email. That's how she knew all the women that he was talking to. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. Okay, this is like a great lesson. I hope that by now you've changed your passwords. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um do you have a password manager where each password is unique? No. Okay, you should do that. Could you imagine if you would have done that long time ago? It would have, you know, it would have ended this madness. You wouldn't have had to move around, lose your jobs. You know. Yep. I mean, like you said, you you know, you have PTSD a little bit about receiving emails, or it's just your lack of privacy. You were like a rat in a cage, man. Sure was. Wow. That's insane. So where is she now? Like, what, what is she doing? Because you said she got arrested, but. I don't know where she's working. She still lives in the house. I called her and I, my first words to her were, what the fuck have you done? What have you done to me? Because I thought it was over. She didn't take any responsibility. She said that she's lost jobs because of her issues. I reached out to Beth. I even got her on the phone. She was calm and heard my request for an interview and told me that she would think about it and call me back. But she never did. I asked John, why come forward with this story? I want to coach. So I, want to, I want to clear my name and get back to doing what I do. So... But all that being said, right now I'm teaching I'm teaching special needs kids right now, and they're a freaking like a, a blessing to me. The kids are amazing. So yeah, I'm healing from all this. But um, been through some shit. Today's episode was written, produced, and edited by me, Javier Leva. Stick around because next week I'm working on a Halloween special, a brand new Halloween special, that really will ruin ghost stories for you. Also, you have to follow me on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. My handle is at pretendpod. I am trying to make it a habit and post 
a video every single day. So far, so good. I've been doing a good job. So please, it would mean the world to me if you could follow me. Because if you follow me, then more people will follow me and then discover this show. And if you like it, comment, share it. You know the drill. Anyway, that's it for today. I'll talk to you next week. Creative Babble.